Hi, before we get into today's episode, I just want to let you know, you're going to be able to hear my kids in the background for part of it. Also, my mic wasn't very good, so I'm going to be more aware of my sound quality moving forward, and I hope it's not too distracting for you. Enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. My name is Jeff, co-host and founder of ADHD Christian Men's Group. Hi, my name is Becky. I'm the other co-host and the founder of ADHD Christian Women Support Group. Today's show is all about going to church. Before we start, let's pray. Father God, we just come to you just so thankful this morning, Lord. We're just humbled um, in awe of you uh, regards to how you came to save us, to love us. And we didn't have to be perfect, uh, but through mercy and your grace, God, that we're able to overcome many of, of the challenges, Lord. Just pray, God, that uh, when it comes to today's podcast, that you would just uh, take me and Becky, push us aside and speak through us, God. Speak words of, of truth uh, as you are. Your spirit is the voice of truth, Lord. And we just pray for the listeners, God, that their hearts would be receptive uh, about uh, what is said about church, that it's not a building, but it's the body of Christ to, to, to encourage and to love one another, not to be uh, a measuring stick of rules, do's and don'ts, Lord. Help us to share that with love, God, about the body. And let us be able to, in our experiences, God, be able to show through pain there was a purpose that perhaps that was meant to teach and, and to bring hope through our words, Lord. We're just so thankful and grateful for this podcast and what you're doing, what you're going to continue to do with the transformation and changes of the lives of our listeners. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Yeah, so the church can be a really comforting place where you can have supportive relationships and love and grow. And it can also be a place of pain and trauma Having ADHD, I think, has made me more sensitive to religious trauma. Um, so I'm willing to bet I'm not alone in this, and a lot of our listeners can relate. Um, I go to church in the States, so it's, it's going to look different than you listeners in other countries, possibly. But I grew up in a more high-control environment, like fear-based motivation, like fear of sin or fear of hell or fear of people not getting saved because I wasn't a good example. And, and also just fear of disappointing my parents. Like I really didn't want them to see me as bad or as a failure or be ashamed of me. Like having ADHD, I just got in trouble a lot. I just didn't fit in as well as I wanted to. And then the reduction sensitivity and all, you know, like feeling bad, feeling like I just wasn't good enough. There's been a lot of pain and trauma that I've just had to heal from. I never did leave the church. So I've never had to try to find a church or try to get back into attending a church. I thank God that I never did leave him in spite of all the trauma. I think my father's prayers probably are the reason he prayed for me quite a bit. I really thank God for holding tight to me. I've never had to try to start from scratch because we've been in the same church since I was 12. Yes, it's, it's so true. I can relate to it. The things about rejection sensitivity, 
and not fitting in. Definitely remember back in 2000, I got saved, how, you you know, made made the profession of faith and how I wasn't welcomed into the adopted family. Now, I have never walked away from, from, from the body of Christ, though I've been a member of three local churches since 2000. I was not raised in, in church and didn't get saved until 2000 when I was 25 years old. You know, my experiences uh, was from outside looking in as like an outcast. was very quiet and withdrawn and still dealing with deep emotional trauma on my life before I got saved. Always beating myself up. I mean, it took me 12 years to have the confidence to start serving God because I had that mindset of I had to do everything perfect for people to to love me and care for me because I came from an environment where it was toxic family. Uh, But for many years, it was just a self-defeating attitude and, you know, did not deal with it in a way that honored God. Definitely was it was it was a struggle because of those those wounds. The fact that he showed so much mercy and grace, being able to help me get through Uh, those disappointments and that he still loved me and nothing could separate his love through all that I went through really helped open me up uh, to the point where I could just in phases be able to like I was saying to get into serving being able to uh, he the spirit would show me the gifts I have and it really helped me you know blossom even now yes you know may stumble and fall but I don't take it so hard like I used to where I don't have to have perfect words. I, you know, when I mess up and so forth, I know it's about him and I'm glorifying him. And he's already shown me mercy and grace, demonstrated his love of the cross while we're sinners. He died for us. And that was me. And I, I love the fact that now I can embrace the title of saint uh, because that's what God has called me. I am right in his eyes as a result of what Jesus did at the cross. Mm, yeah. So having been in the church for so many years, I've been able to develop some strategies that have helped me. And I've also asked some of the ladies over on the Facebook group um, about their experiences. So the first thing that really helps me, I like to have a pen and a piece of paper in my hand as I'm listening. And that way I can write down what comes to my mind, like the pastor says something and I have a question. If I write it down, it doesn't, I don't get stuck on that question. I can write it down. I'm not going to forget to ask it later. And it just kind of helps to get it out of my head. Otherwise, I think I tend to get kind of stuck on a thought. Or if I have this realization of like, oh, wow, I never thought of that before. Writing it down can help it just kind of gets it out of my head and on a piece of paper. I'm not going to forget this realization that I just had and I can share it later. I think just having my hand moving, even if I'm just doodling on the piece of paper, it helps me to stay listening. That has been, I think, the biggest tool that has helped me to focus and to listen and to actually get things out of the sermon when, like, especially if it's not something that I'm fascinated in. Yeah, I was going to mention that, uh, you know, I write notes. I mean, mine is like chicken scratch, but now I've been using more my iPhone notes to help me organize my thoughts. Uh, the writing and typing keeps my mind stimulated to pay attention and keep focused to help me understand. Got to be 
stimulated moving the hands or, 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 or fidgeting. And at the same time, if it's something, I mean, really difficult, I mean, that's, that's hard to stay focused. It's that typing of notes, just that activity itself keeps me focused. You know, many guys in my group, same situation, moving the hands, fidgeting around helps maintain uh, that focus. And that's the key is finding a way to get stimulation, whether it's writing or moving fingers, whatever works for you, that will help you understand what you're listening to. Because I honestly believe if you stimulate movement, you can listen better and focus longer, especially in things that do not interest you, uh, which brings me that you mentioned uh, to me, Becky, that one lady in your group uh, had a uh, unique way of staying focused. What was that? Oh, yeah. She brings her crocheting to church. <laughs> I thought that was genius. Um, another lady who listens online, she's found it actually much easier when the COVID happened and everything went online, um, being able to listen while moving around, being able to pause and rewind. And yeah, I, I really think that is a thing, like being able to keep moving and helping your brain to process. Yeah, one lady mentioned just the amount of information that's coming at her that was overwhelming through conversations. And, and then also, you know, the sermon, like there's just so much coming at her that it's um, it's overwhelming trying to hold on to all this information. I'm not so much a talker with large groups that are in open spaces for some reason. I think it has to do with my being hypersensitive to overstimulations, noise, and vision. That's very intimidating for me sometimes. And it takes you know, a lot out of me mentally to pay attention at times and staying focused so I can hear. So every now and then, I mean, I'm still doing the fidgeting and whatever it is, but one of those moments where it's too much, you know, me to pay attention to that person, then I got to for that, that moment, just listen to the side conversation, something catches my eye. And for some reason, it's a hack that's worked for me to, to refocus myself back into the conversation. Um, a lady in the Facebook group mentioned she invites people over during the week because Sunday morning, she's a lot more shy isn't talking to a lot of people. So she'll invite people over, like a few ladies over to her home during the week. And they're surprised at how um, talkative she is. But <laughs> you know, some people, they just really open up in a smaller group, not a larger one. Uh, you mentioned to me about you know getting comfortable when it comes to small group. Can you tell mm -hmm. the audience a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So apparently this is an ADHD thing sitting weird in chairs <laughs> and I realized I've been doing that ever since a little kid taking off my shoes sitting cross-legged in the chair and I've just been doing it my whole life and like if if I try to sit normal it's uncomfortable and it's hard to pay attention if I'm feeling uncomfortable like also just being warm enough or being cool enough like having layers so I can take it off or put it on when I need to because I'm just very sensitive to my environment. And I think being in a small group probably is, is much more casual and it's a little less odd for someone to sit cross-legged in someone's home, on a couch, on the floor. Yeah, I, uh, for me, you know, sitting you know, comfortably is you know, in the back of the sanctuary or, or small group. I like to be in the back. I like to scan. I like to see everything in front of me. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, but it's just, I, 
part of what helps me stay focused. Because if I'm in like the front of a, of a sanctuary or if I was in front of a, of a class or a group, I would be distracted about what are people doing behind me. Mm-hmm. That always would distract me. So if I sit in the back, I don't have that, that to deal with that issue of who's looking at me and mm-hmm. what's going on. Another thing, you know, is, you know, I like to arrive early, get situated and ready. I don't like to be late anywhere because I know it's a distraction to others. And that can be a source of rejection sensitivity, beat myself up. Mm, Yeah. Another thing that I like about being in a smaller group is being able to ask questions. And actually our Sunday school hour at church is like this, where you can ask questions. And I love that. I love being able to ask the questions that come to my mind. And people appreciate my questions. People have actually said like, oh, you ask really good questions. Um, so I think my ADHD brain helps my church because I'll think of questions that people wouldn't think of, or I'll have the impulsivity to ask that strange question other people are thinking, but don't dare ask. That ability to ask questions and share my insights and listen to other people's questions and listen to their insights because I don't think like they do. So I'll learn from their questions and realizations so so yeah just having an environment where I can share freely ask freely and listen to other people and having that conversation style where it's a back and forth and multiple people talking it does help me to stay more engaged than when it's one person talking for a long time I would be usually would listen and like in class I would listen to the questions being asked and I try to be try to be patient uh, you know, in regards to listening, because it, it would be very easy to interrupt, because that's one of the things once, you know, the impulsiveness is, I got an answer, oh, 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 you know, mm-hmm. and then sometimes that would even create anxiety, because somebody would keep talking, and I got to get this out, or I'm going to forget, I don't get very many of these, these opportunities to, when I get something to share, and I really got to get it out, so a lot of times, there'd be a lot of squirming in the chair, trying to, oh, 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 you know, like back mm-hmm. in school, but now it's not so much, you know, the case. I'm more comfortable and at peace. Uh, it's about him. It's about God learning about him. And he knows that in my heart, I have that desire. But yes, the smaller groups, I think, is, is, is a place where, you know, us challenged with ADHD uh, have that, those opportunities to get to, to know people. People can get to know you. And what's the great thing about the small group is, it, you know, yes, the church is outside the walls, but I think in small group, it's just as well that you do things together, you know, away from the body. I mean, not the body, but from the building, the church mm-hmm. building, where you get to know people even on, even on a more personable um, basis. So it goes beyond, you know, the walls, so much beyond the walls. Um, church is, is a body that is everywhere, body of Christ. Then you were mentioning regards to music being meaningful for you that mm-hmm. during worship time be more free emotionally expressive can you tell us a little bit about that oh yeah music is so meaningful for me there have been so many songs have just really touched me all the way deep down and was like wow this feels like this is from god so worshiping at home it helps me worship at church and there's just something special about worshiping with so many people we're all worshiping the same god I do. I wish my church was a little bit more like emotional, a little bit more free. 
because if I feel like, oh, I just want to lift my hands, maybe <laughs> I might be the only person in the entire auditorium that's doing it. And then it'll be like, oh, do I look weird? Oh no, are people looking at me? But I think the more that I worship on my own, the more comfortable I feel to just worship however I want to at church. And I'm sharing that with other Christians is such a communal building thing all together, worshiping together. Because that's how I envision heaven being all, all the colors, all the nationalities, all together. Yes, Revelation 7, 9. And, you know, worship, you know, for me, you know, it, it's about reaching out with my arms towards God. And always the way I looked at it, it's like a little child sees his daddy. And then he lifts his arms up and wants to be picked up. That to me is, is worship. And it's about God. I've learned that. It's about God. And I, and one of the biggest things that's helped me in situations, because I used to make it about me. And now I'm to the point, it's not about you, Jeff. It's never been about you. It's about serving him. It doesn't matter to me what anyone else thinks. I'm not there to please them in that moment. I am there to give honor and praise to God the only one, the holy one that's worthy. So the raising of hands and, and so forth helps me stay focused on him. Eyes looking towards, uh, I also look towards the body of Christ, seeing that my brothers and sisters are, are joining in with me in the worship. And then I look up towards the ceiling, towards God, as we are praying as, you know, we're worshiping as one. Hey guys, my name is Jeff, founder of ADHD Christian Men's Group. I want to personally invite you to join our group on Facebook. It's a safe place where be able to pray, encourage, and build up other brothers in Christ as we make this journey together. Come on, join us. Find us on Facebook, ADHD Christian Men's Group. Hope to see you around. God bless. Ladies, I would love to have you be a part of ADHD Christian Women Support Group, a private Facebook group where we support and encourage each other as we deal with being a Christian woman with ADHD or deal with ADHD in a loved one. If this sounds helpful to you, you can request to join on Facebook or email me and I will send you a link. My name is Becky and you can email me at ADHDChristianWomen, that's women with an E, at gmail.com. Again, that's ADHDChristianWomen at gmail.com to join the private Facebook group called ADHD Christian Women Support Group. The bigger setting, it has some, some benefits and it does have some difficulties for us Christians with ADHD. And another lady mentioned just um, feeling like nobody understands her at church and how that that adds to the, the those feelings of, of anxiety, of just feeling like I don't belong here. And some people, they're trying to be helpful, but they just end up saying something kind of hurtful, like, oh, well, you should ask God to heal you, or mm -hmm. you should try to get off of medication. I know they're trying to be helpful, or even people who are like, oh, well, you know, it's not real. It's, um, it's actually just people trying to get, make an excuse for sin. I think those people are trying to be helpful because they think they know how to fix me and they don't want me to be stuck in sin. And when someone who means well says something that's hurtful, um, like, 
oh, well, God will just heal you of your ADHD. You just pray. You know, I can get alone with God and I can ask him about that. And God has told me, no, I want you to have this. I gave this to you and I want to use it. And that's been my source of ministry. I try to have some grace and compassion on these people because I don't think they mean to be hurtful. And I try to just, you know, listen and hmm, maybe, <laughs> or I'm not getting into an argument because if they're, if they're so certain that they're right, there's no changing their mind. There's really isn't any point in trying mm. to convince them otherwise. And I can share my experience of like, oh, well, you know, I've, I've been praying. This is what I think God is leading me to. You know, my experience with those ignorant saying ADHD is not real is all I can do is inform and educate them from a biblical and neurological perspective. Mm -hmm. But I, I need to make sure that I do it with kindness. You know, I'm not filled with hate or anger towards them. The Holy Spirit, you know, works through everybody that's, that accepts Christ that dwells in us. And I, all I can do is hope that seed has been planted. Maybe one day they'll come to understanding that it is real. I love the person enough to give them the opportunity to make up their own mind as we can't make them believe and we shouldn't want to make anyone believe. Uh, no one should be forced to believe it. Just want to make sure they have the facts. I think about Philippians 1 6, where, you know, I'm sure of this that we began a good work, you know, and you will bring it to the completion of the day of Jesus Christ. And I think that, that all of us are in that bubble regards to completion. And then I think about Becky Jeremiah 18 that God is shaping all of us. He's, he's the potter and we're the clay and that we all start out as that hard lumpy clay. And then one day will be that beautiful jug when finished through reading the Bible. I've read about so many different people, how they weren't perfect. They had problems and that's me. And that's the church. That's the body. That's all of us. You know, I think of it in ways is that it's like a spiritual hospital. You know, everybody is still healing. Mm, yeah that's another thing is just having people you feel safe with sharing things with and you know the bible talks about confessing our sins to one another and there's um, so much help when you can tell someone what you're struggling with and to receive support instead of condemnation i think satan loses his power in those situations where i'm confessing it and people are praying for me helping me and they're, and they're not being like, oh my gosh, can't believe you. You know, like when I finally came out and told some ladies, like, I am really struggling with my anger at home, mm -hmm. just having that understanding, you know, those nods and, you know, one lady coming up afterwards and being like, yeah, I, I also did, you know, when my kids were younger and, and it was like, it lost some of its power. Like it, the, mm -hmm. the problem wasn't gone, but it was like, it shrank some and there's just been so much help and healing and being able to just share this is me this is my struggle and then people who've actually gone through it come out the other end to be able to offer help of like this is what I did you know when I'm alone I can just go into a spiral so it's very important for me to not pull back and hide and I know that's something God has warned me about is to not pull back and isolate which is what I want to do if I've been hurt or if I'm feeling ashamed but um, to just find that one safe person where they're just very loving and accepting, even if they haven't been through the same thing, they've been through different struggles and they're just very compassionate. Yeah, I think it's important to, to have a smaller circle 
people that you can uh, to be open to share and confess whatever fears, doubts, which, you know, is sin. I think, though, it's important, though, you know, whoever you confide in is somebody that's not going to sit there and just give unsolicited advice about what mm-hmm. they would do or interrupt you, you know, regards to not valuing what you have to say and being judgmental and, and, and with condemnation. And that's something important. I think that in the smaller groups where we get to know people, that's where we have to learn. You know, that's where we learn about boundaries with people. We learn uh, to love other people uh, on a one-on-one basis. I do believe the enemy can see when I'm hurt and beating myself up with rejection. And if the enemy can, can get me to shut down, then his scheme uh, has worked. And there's something about being together in a large group that you can't get on your own, like sharing communion together and watching someone be baptized and remembering my own baptism. There's just something about being in a family, in a body. It's definitely how God designed us to operate. Um, It has contributed to some of the pain in my life, but it's also been the healing. And there's this phrase that I've heard multiple times that I have found to be true. And it's we're hurt in relationship and we're healed in relationship. And when we've been hurt in the church, I believe we're going to find healing in the church. And if we pull back and hide and stay away, I believe the pain's going to be there. And I think he wants to heal us through relationships, through loving relationships with other people. And I also helps when I remind myself that I am important. Like God put me here and I might be different than most everybody there, but God made me different on purpose because he has something different for me to do. And all the body parts are necessary. I want to read a short passage in 1 Corinthians 12. And I want to read in a more paraphrased version. It's not as accurate, but it's easier to read. Um, This is 1 Corinthians 12, 14, and 20 to 25. And you can just follow along in whatever version you're comfortable with. And it says the body, which is the church, has many different parts, not just one part. There are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen while the more honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. I definitely feel like the weak body part, the, the dishonorable body part, you know, like, like I'm the butt of the church. You know, nobody wants to see me. Nobody <laughs> wants to deal with me. Uh, but I, I know I'm, I'm being hard on myself. But I mean, even if I was, God put me there and I require, maybe I require more care. And I do feel like, like a needy church member, um, just more sensitive, more fragile, has more problems, but um, God has a purpose for that. And I think other people seeing me struggle and persevere 
gives them mm-hmm. encouragement to do the same. God has me there on purpose. And even when I want to pull back and hide and just feel ashamed of, you know, I'm struggling again, keep going. God has me there. I might not see what God is doing in other people's hearts, but he's got a purpose. You know, he put me there on purpose. And if you're feeling like you want to join a church and you're not, you're not quite sure what to do or how to get back into one, um, I encourage you to just pray, ask God to lead you. Some churches are healthier than others. Some have healthier leadership. Some have healthier members than others. Some are going to be more healing. Some are going to be more hurtful. Um, just ask God to protect you. Ask him to lead you to one that's going to be welcoming to you. And, and really love is the most important thing. Just find one that's loving. There's things mm-hmm. about my church I wish were different. You know, like I wish worship mm-hmm. was different. But But we love. We love people there. I feel loved. My children are loved. And it's been such a healing place for me. I hope this for everybody out there. I wish this for everyone out there to to be able to be in a family, a spiritual family that is just like a body nurturing itself, building itself up in love and unity. And just want to pray that for everybody. Um, Father, just thank you for placing me and Jeff and our own separate churches states away. And I just pray for everybody listening who is part of a church, help them to see themselves as a very necessary part and a part that has a lot to contribute to the whole. And I pray you help them to just reject that voice of the enemy that just wants to tell them they don't have anything to offer, that um, they're just a tag along that's just sucking resources. I just pray you quiet, quiet that part, help them to hear your voice, to hear the truth, that they are very necessary, that they're a very important part, and that you have great plans for them where you've put them. I pray for people who, who want to be a part of the church, but they've just been hurt and they're afraid to go back and to find a place and to start over and they just feel like they can't take any more hurt. I just pray that you bring healing to those hurt places, show them what the next step to take is. And I just pray that they would um, learn to trust you, the good shepherd. And I just pray be gentle with leading them, um, leading them to a a place that isn't going to hurt them again. But I pray you lead them to a place where there's going to be welcoming, loving people that will come up and that will welcome them and make them feel like they're part of a family. And um, for people that have just been hurt, so bad that they don't even want to be part of a church. I pray you'd bring someone to them. I pray you put a Christian in their life that would friend them and to um, support them. And um, just pray you put Christians around them so that they can just feel your love through these people and that they would be able to be part of a body where there's members um, helping them and people that they can help and that they will start to experience that, that love in those relationships that you offer. And I just pray that you help all of us to grow where we're at, to support the body that you've placed us in and um, to not be divisive, but to build each other up, to encourage the love and the unity um, to keep following you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody, Uh, that is all the time we have for today. 
Uh, thank you for listening in to our podcast. God bless. Bye. We hope you're encouraged by today's episode. What are your thoughts? Do you agree? Disagree? Did we leave something out? Let us know. You can send your comments and suggestions for future episodes to ADHDOvercomers at gmail.com.